I am Dude Thomas, and I'm with this featured band, Hammer Down Hard, out of Tennessee. Joining me at this time is lead vocalist, Lonnie Hammer. How you doing, brother? Doing great, brother. How you doing? Thank you, Matthew. Hey, you're welcome, man. Uh, actually, through um, some mutual friends, I actually started listening to Hammer Down Hard, and you guys got some rocking heavy metal music. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're pretty proud of it. You know, it's uh, uh, you know, work. I was a work in progress, and you know, I was got to evolve. You know, I started off playing drums. You know, I'm uh, uh spent my whole career playing drums and uh, moving to vocals was a uh, uh, a challenging step, but uh, I love every minute of it. You always have to challenge yourself. If you're not challenging yourself, then you're not doing anything. Exactly. You got it. I, I want to start off with a very interesting question. If you're stuck on a, desert, a deserted island and you can only listen to one band, who are you going to listen to? The, the, full, the full band or one song? Uh, the whole discography of one band. Okay, one band. Um, that's a great question. That's a, I would probably have to say it's kind of weird because, you know, he goes up and down and moves. Well, I'd probably say something like ZZ Top because they got some stuff that's pretty heavy. But then they got some stuff that's a little bit, uh, you know, a little easier listening. Uh, I, um, I would probably say it's easy top, just just because it's different moods to it, you know. Yeah, no, they can really rock, but also they got like some really bluesy songs as well. I think that is a very good choice. All right, thank you. I think for me it would be Alter Bridge. Uh, I got to see them this year in February, and they rocked the house. Oh, they're incredible! Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, like, they got a perfect blend. They can throw in some acoustic songs and also some like really heavy rocking songs as well. Absolutely. So I know, obviously, this year been very weird with everything going on. Obviously, there's no shows going on right now. So how are you staying busy? Well, we had to switch gears like everybody. Um, when everything hit, you know, it got pretty scary. There, like in March and April, you know, there was like saying. You know, it made you so paranoid. You didn't know what you could do or even go anywhere. Um, we switched gears, you know, like everybody. I think we just shut down for a moment because we were doing a lot of rehearsals because we we're gearing up for the springtime festivals and, and you know, all these concerts and stuff. You know, we we're going to go out and uh, uh, headline a bunch of uh, some fest, uh, some smaller festival we we're going to headline. And then we are going to play with like bands like Slipknot, Anthrax and Bad Wolves and stuff. But um we slowly kind of gotten back in a in a groove of it, so we decided to start doing our music videos. You know, we do have two records out. We put, uh, I wrote uh, uh, two records within like 13 months, and we released them within 13 months. So we have a a, a pretty uh, a bunch of you know a pretty large new group of uh, songs out. So we just decided to start doing uh, videos for them. We did uh, one lyric video for a song called Bleeding Out off the last record called Man, you know, off Madness Serves Me Well. We did a lyric video for that. Um, and we're working on a video for the song Cephalopod, uh, which is also on the latest release. And, uh, and we're doing lyric videos for another, I mean, actually not a lyric video, but more of a, uh, being as we can't play alive, uh, we did, we did uh, take a lot of, concert footage and stuff when we were on the road last year before everything hit and we're gonna make a, a music video with uh live shots and stuff for a song called uh bloodshot eyes which is off the first record total annihilation 
um, we're working on all, that also. So we're just been working on videos and, you know, just rehearsing now. Uh, we get together and uh, we've had some small, you know, uh, had some friends over and stuff like that to rehearsals and stuff. Um, you know, just because you have to keep, you know, to a minimum, like 10, 10 under 50 people or whatever to these places. So, but we've been just hanging in like everybody. <laughs> Tough yeah, no, time. I, I got you, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been very odd and it's been um, very challenging for everybody involved, especially in the entertainment industry, since obviously you can't really do shows or you can only do shows for like, you know, as you said, you know, 50 or so people. And it, it's been very, very challenging for everybody. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it, you know, I just want to get it over with, you know, uh, get back out there. Everybody got to make cheese, you know, that's why, you know, everybody needs to buy bands, music and stuff, you know, a little bit helps them, you know, uh, because they're not, we're not getting the revenue from playing at venues and, and, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty big, pretty big hit for the bands, you know. Yes, and very good point. Um, I try to do this, especially if I see a band coming out with like a new live album or a new album or anything, a new shirt. I try to support them as much as I can because they need the money, especially right now. And what I'm telling people is you should support these bands now because they're going to make it up for you when you go see them, hopefully, when stuff opens up again. Yeah, absolutely, because they're going to realize, I mean, like myself even, I'm really hungry now, you know, not playing out, and I miss that you know, the connection of a crowd. So, and like all the bands out there, I mean, you're going to buy a ticket, whether you pay $25 for a ticket, they're going to give you a $100 show, you know, because they're going to be um, cocked and loaded, uh, ready to, you know, uh, punch you in the throat, you know. Exactly. And the biggest thing I've heard about Hammer Down Hard, you know, in the comments, YouTube comments, and just people talking is that they will rock your face off at a live show. That is the biggest compliment I've heard about you guys. Yeah, we uh, well, I got a great band, you know, uh, uh, it, and I got some like stars that play my band, you know. I got Randall X. Rawlings plays lead guitar. He's he played with Sebastian Bach, uh, or my drummer. He also uh, played with Sebastian Bach, and that, his name is Mike Dover, and he also played at Rock City Angels. Um, uh, the bass guitar we got uh, the Beast Daniel Dwight. He played with Saving Abel, and he played with like Ingram Hill, but he's He's done uh, so many great things, and uh, he's definitely the beast on stage. And David Sword, uh, um, he's a local cat down here. He's a metal guy, he's a total pro, uh, and just incredible on stage. Um, how lucky am I to, you know, have such a great group of people and, um, you know, support me, you know, and uh, I'm very fortunate, and we, we take the game seriously. Yeah, you really have a super group of great, talented artists with you. Yeah, and you. I kind of want to talk, like, how did Hammer Down Hard, because it's kind of recent formation in 2018, how did that band come together? Well, actually, I played in a, a lot of different bands in my career. This, um, I've done, like, eight. I think the last record I did with Hammer Down Hard was uh, my 18th record. I've done, and but I played, you know, with uh, Jack Russell's Great White. I played with... Uh, uh, Every Mother's Nightmare in Black Oak, Arkansas, and um, when I uh, I just when I parted away from doing that, and I was a drummer for all that stuff, and I decided to you know just kind of do something different. So what I did is I I come up with the name Hammer Down Hard, you know, like what ten months earlier, 
I was, it just came across me because that's the way my life is. It's my life is nothing but wide open, just hammer down hard every day. And um, finally, the opportunity come up. I, uh, I emailed a promoter at uh, Rockfest in Kadat, Wisconsin. And I said, hey, man, I got a new band together. It's called Hammer Down Hard. How do I get on the bill? He goes, send me an email requesting you want to get on a, on a bill. I said, okay, great. So I sent him, uh, actually, my manager, Kim Allegreza, sent uh, him an email saying that we want to get on it. He said, we're on it. And we got to play. And this is before, mind you, all I had was a name of a band. All I said was Hammer Down Hard. I didn't even have a group photo. Um, and I didn't even have one song written. And the we, we got the Rockfest booked, and we were playing the main stage for that night, and it was, the lineup was Hammer Down Hard, Autograph, Skid Row, and Ace Freely. Um, I booked it on my own merit, and uh, so that was pretty cool. Even all the guys I played with at the time were like, well, how did you do that, you know? And uh, so that was a really exciting time. And the strange story about the whole thing is um, when I booked the show, I called my uh, – uh, well, when I told her we're gonna, well, I want to play it and do it, I told my manager that I said, "Hey, we got Rockfest," and she goes, "Great." Um, and I said, "By the way, I'm singing," and she never heard me sing before, you know. And I mean, she heard me sing background vocals and stuff like that, but you know, she's assuming that I was at beat drums and have a whole banner on that. And she goes, uh, "Okay," <laughs> you know. And uh, her wheels are spinning, and but I mean, that's somebody that believes in you for uh, you know blind faith to you know. Uh, go, and she was praying, oh, hopefully God, he can sing, hopefully you know, he can sing, but uh, we went in and did our first pilot song, I recorded it uh, at Crosstrack Studio, and uh, myself and Justin Reimer, who's my producer, wrote the song, and it, the pilot song was called uh, Who I Am, so we write the song, we record the drum, I played drums on both records, the whole thing too, and what it is, I played drums on it, and then I sang lead vocals on it. Just to, you know, it was a pious song. I just see how it turned out. And yeah. Justin and I were going, man, it turned out really cool. And we're friends with Zach from uh, Shinedown, so he reached out to Zach from Shinedown and said, hey, uh, Lonnie's doing a, a solo record. Would you be interested in playing guitar on it? You know, like the lead guitar stuff. And he goes, who's singing? Zach said. Zach asked, who's yeah. singing? And he goes, Lonnie is. And he goes, let me well. Let me hear it. So he, uh, Justin sent it over to Zach, and uh, uh, ten minutes later, Zach texts him back and said, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that." And he goes, "When do you want me in the studio?" So I think that was a stamp of approval right there. But the the first record, I mean, after that, it was kind of snowball. We got Wayne Sweeney from Saliva played on there. We got Brian Quinn from At Candlebox. We got Tony Montana who played Great White. Luke Cavoris who played in Riot, and uh, Donnie played with Winger. So it ended up being this like really cool, you know, record. And uh, but that's how the, the band evolved, and you know, here here I am, you know. Yeah, and that takes a lot of guts to to book a show with like no material, no photos, no anything. No band, no yeah, exactly, just the name. And matter of fact, she goes, well, how, you know, they need a bio. And they need a photo. And I said, well, look, they're going to ask for that stuff. I said, just send the, the logo. She, she put the logo together. I said, we'll just use that for the band picture. And uh, uh, it, it just, it, it was like crazy. And a bio, I said, you know, most bios are a bunch of swill anyways, you know. Yeah. And uh, so she threw something together. And uh, uh, we're happy. We're proud. You know, I mean, it's, 
you know, life is, you know, you got to gamble. Sometimes you shake things up a little bit. It keeps keeps life really interesting for you, you know. So you got to really just uh, stay on top of things. Yeah, Sorry about that. Are you good, man? Yeah. No, you always have to challenge yourself, as as I've said before, about, you know, evolving and just pushing yourself. But uh, so much time between when you um, emailed the uh, promoter and you actually were going to do the show, how much time was in between then? Um, I booked it. It was like in October of 2017, and the show was like the August. I mean, I was in right after Fourth of July, so it was like a ten month, okay. or ten month period, because that's how festivals go, you know. Yeah. And, but that's why, if 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 honestly, I owe his name is V Rocker, John V Rocker, I gotta call him, and uh, he, if it wasn't for him, you know, Hammer Down Hard probably wouldn't exist because. Just be, because he he booked me to do it, I had a, a deadline and a goal, and so we had to write a whole record for that and get everything together for that. So I mean, you know, you know, John is like the he's the moniker of Hammer Down Heart. Well, shout out to John for making everything happen over there. But, uh, so you you got uh, one full length album, one EP out, right? Correct. Yes, so, that is correct. So uh, Total Annihilation released in 2018. Uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit before, but how was it writing and recording that album? Um, it was it was awesome. I mean, um, what, I, what I would do is I'd, I'd get with Justin Reimer, my producer, and I'd bring a song idea in to him, say, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And he'd grab a guitar, and I'd grab the drumsticks, and we'd go in the studio, and we just start, you know, bashing stuff out and go, hey, I like that. And, and, you know, I like that, and let's do this and that, let's cut this out. And we worked really well together because in the past, because he played with 12 Stones in a breaking point, and uh, we worked with the same producers over the years. So the, our, the, the way we write together, we're totally on track with each other. I mean, it's actually amazing because a lot of times they go, hey, can you do this? I wonder if I did this. And it's like, perfect. Sometimes I go, hey, Lonnie. Play this and I do it. You know, it's like we can read each other's mind. Sincerely, you know, a lot of musicians say that. That's the honest God truth. That's all we work together. And um, so we get in and we uh, cut the, you know, scratch tracks and and then uh, uh, go in, cut the, the drum tracks, and then we start stacking guitars on top of it. And then, um, then I take it home, I listen to it, and I come up to, uh, I write all the lyrics and the, and the vocal melodies, and I work on that. And then, uh, you know, just one step at a time. Um, so, but the last record, we actually, um, the first record had all the stars play on it and, uh, uh, and it was basically Justin and I, and then we put the band together after that. Um, and it was actually kind of a different band. The only guy that's an original member of Hammer Down Heart per se is, uh, Randall X Rawlings. He played lead guitar in my live band and then he recorded all the guitar tracks on the new, uh, the new EP and, um. And he played some of the bass guitar tracks. And my drummer that I play with now, he actually plays bass guitar. And I had him play bass guitar on one of the tracks on uh, on the record, too. So, But it's, you know, and I love it. You know, I just love writing lyrics and stuff. And it seems like people like it, you know. And it's very, very meaningful, meaningful to me to be able to, you know, let the, let my feelings come out and say how I feel about things, and it's a great feeling. Yeah, I I actually had a chance to listen to Total Annihilation a couple times this week, uh, working on my review coming up soon. 
Uh, and my favorite song off Total Annihilation is Wakefield. That's okay. actually my favorite. Uh, a lot yeah. of them, it's a very emotional song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I wrote that song, and I, when I did the lyrics and stuff, I was thinking back, <laughs> turning back pages of my life. But when I was growing up there, and it's a it's Wakefield, Michigan. It's just a small town in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And I had the greatest growing up. I had the greatest childhood, and 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 I remember hanging out with my my friends and stuff, partying, and we did stuff. And when you graduate, everybody's like, you know you know, hoping for the best and you don't really see them for a long time after that. And I really didn't want to move, you know, it's such a small town. There was not a music scene there. I mean, I grew up there playing bar scenes and, you know, all that. I did a lot of good stuff up there. And, but to hone in on the musical career, I had to move away. And I had, that means I had to move away from my parents and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, 850 miles away, so that's what that song is all about. I mean, it really meant a lot to me. And when I, I never, the word Wakefield is not in the lyrics, but I wrote it about that. And I talked to my manager, Kim, I said, man, you know, I wrote this song about Wakefield and think about calling Wakefield. What do you think? And she said, yeah, you know, that'll work. If that's what you wrote it about, that's what it is. And, and that's how it turned out. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And, uh, uh, that you like that song. It's, it's a, First time I played that song, uh, I went home. Uh, I drove home over the 4th of July, and I pulled up in the car, and I put the CD in, and I played that song for my mom and dad. And um, my mom, but when I hit the chorus, my mom started bawling and was crying stuff because it, it was just, you know, a touching moment. And uh, uh, so that's a good feeling when you get that kind of emotion out of uh, anybody, let alone your parents. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I when listening to that song, I, it made me think back to you know my childhood and everything that we you know that I did during my childhood here in South Bend, and it definitely definitely hits you in the feels. Definitely very emotional. Thank you. I'm glad that you you got something out of it. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then, so your newest EP, which is Madness, serves me well. That was about a year release after Total Annihilation. I want to say. Yeah, I actually uh, recorded it. Uh, uh, Exactly, almost a year after, I mean, a month, because we started and, like, we did a lot of recording in March, April, May, pretty much all the uh, Total Annihilation recorded that in 2018, and then the following year, March, April, May, we did, you know, uh, Madness Serving Well, and this another thing, you know, I just pushed myself. I mean, honestly, I mean, not many people do that anymore. You know, usually they sit and they have a record out and they sit around for, you know, three years and maybe four or five years sometimes. But, you know, it's just uh, my dad had just passed away and um, uh, I managed certainly well. My dad passed away in uh, February 3rd, 2019. And what I had done is I I was able to, you know, spend time with him. So I went and moved back up north for a month, stayed with my mom and dad, helped my mom take care of my dad. He was at the house and for a couple of weeks, and he passed away in mine and my mom's arms. And then I stayed a couple of weeks afterwards to help my mom with all the, you know, the, the paperwork and you know everything that has to do with it. And when I got back, we, you know, started writing, uh, uh, had to start recording a record. And that's what the song "Dark Side of Heaven." I wrote that about the, the experience of uh, my dad dying. 
you know, and it, it, I don't know if you, if you go back and listen to the lyrics, and, and we have to actually have a lyric video for Dark Side of Heaven um, under Hammer Down Hard. And that's just my experience of dealing with it. And uh, come to find out that everybody's, you know, had that kind of issue, you know, whether it's a grandparent or parent or, uh, you know, no matter what you do, you can't change it. And, and you know, I just did the best I could do. Uh, you never can second guess yourself because sometimes you go, man, what if I did this? You might have lasted longer, or maybe, you know, no matter what you do, it's it's a losing battle. You just gotta you gotta you gotta make people you gotta make yourself proud and just that you did the best you could do, made the best decisions at the time you could do, and you gotta live with that. Just be at peace with it, and um, that's that's what uh, Dark Side of Heaven is all about. Is uh, uh, passing my my dad, trying to take care of him and. And I'll, I'll see him again someday, you know. Yeah, that's was, By the way, one last thing. He was, like, really my best friend. I mean, I live 850 miles away, and I, for the most part, talk to my dad every day, you know, five, six days a week at least, for anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours a day, I talk to him. And uh, he literally was my best friend. And... Um, uh, to be 850 miles away, I had a better relationship with my mom and dad than most people do if they live 10 miles away. Um, and, you know, so just never take for granted, you know, your family and, and your parents and stuff like that. And um, they can be your best friend as well. Yes, everything you said is very powerful, especially no one, you, no one can really prepare, especially for you know, the passing of your, of your parents. One of, you know, every parent, it's very um emotional is very powerful and it's um nothing you really can prepare for yeah absolutely yeah but as you said you're a very good point of especially i think especially right now people should be a, definitely closer to the relatives um in, in their relationship and their connection with them especially with everything going on you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow no one does. yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, Especially after, like, the, you know, the, the whole pandemic thing and stuff like that. When it first happened, I mean, it was like, I mean, everybody's, I mean, you're going, I think everybody, my friends are afraid to touch anything. Everybody's, you know, but then you, uh, matter of fact, I, it was a terrible thing is uh, Lou Cavoris, who played on the first record. He lives in New York. He's off of Long Island. And that's where my, my, my manager's from New York, Long Island. And um, he was, he passed away from coronavirus, we were told, like within two weeks when it first came out. And he had just gotten Riot back together. And I don't know if you, you know much about the band Riot, but they're the ones that influenced the big four, Metallica, you know, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, and all that. But they, uh, they were heavily influenced by the band Riot. And he had just gotten, I had talked to him, and he had just gotten Riot and, uh, back together. They were doing a European tour um, they're going to be called Riot Act, actually. And they booked a tour in Europe, and he, they re-recorded the song Swords and Tequila. And he was on Cloud Nine, get to go back and tour around and stuff like that. And literally the the week he was supposed to be playing in in Europe, that's when he died. And uh, I mean, terrible. He was a great guitar player, great soul. I love the guy. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've listened to Riot. Um, I did hear that they were getting back together, and it's just tragic, just the, just the timing of that and everything involved. Yeah. 
it's and I met him out in California when uh, on the red carpet. I had done an interview on the red carpet. It was for the uh, the heavy metal heavy metal hall of history um, uh, induction and stuff. You know, Billy Sheen was there. They, they did Don Aries and and Anvil and Riot was inducted and 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 um, uh, I was kind of like one of a special guest there. It was the first time I won the red carpet. That's the first time I actually announced uh, the band Hammerdown Heart. And um, at that time, we just had the song uh, "Total," uh, not "Total Annihilation," but uh, "Who I Am" recorded. And I did an interview and stuff. And then afterwards, my manager um, and I went. You were in a VP, VIP room, and we talked to Lou Cavoris. And uh, and Kim had asked him, "Go, hey, uh, Lonnie's doing a solo record. Would you want to play?" And he goes, "Hell yeah!" So he signed up, and so we got him play on uh, the song Conquer and, "Conquer and Divide." He does the main guitar solo in the middle there. And uh, Justin, a producer, said that guy. He goes, Lou was fantastic. He just, he just was, he was incredible. De definitely, he will for surely be missed, especially you know, in the music industry and everything he did. Just yeah. very, I think a very underrated guitar player. Oh yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace, Lou. You know, great guy. I mean, he really was a great guy. I mean, oh my God, it's kind. Yeah, definitely. I. Yeah, I never had a chance to see him or meet him, but I definitely, from what I've heard from everybody, definitely very nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lonnie, you've been uh, involved in the music industry for a very long time. You've worked, as you said, with a bunch of great artists and bands, as we've talked about. Uh, what's kind of some of your advice for up-and-coming bands, especially right now? Um. The hardest thing about being in a band and any only advice I can give would be to you know, individually is that respect each other, you know, uh, their time. Uh, like when you're scheduling stuff, it's the biggest hurdle when you're in a band is like rescheduling things because everybody got events going on. And when you're up and coming, a lot of someone got day jobs and you got to work around it. And then if you – the biggest pitfall for any band, I think, is like – they say, hey, we're going to do something, and one guy don't show up, don't call, don't show up. And there's, like, every standing around go, well, we're supposed to be doing, you know, I'm band practice. And, oh, man, something came up. And, uh, look, if you just respect each other, respect each other's time is the most important thing, I think, to keep a band, you know, vibrant and, 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 and moving forward. Uh, there's enough pitfalls in it, let alone you be a pitfall holding back everybody else because you know if you if you cancel rehearsal well that these other people move their schedules around with kids or or whatever school or whatever to come there and you you crap out the last minute and you know they wasted that so next time it makes it that much more difficult um that and just be diligent you know you have to um uh hey you have to really have it in you it's fucking, it's fucking not easy, you know. Yes. You know, it's 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 not. Um, and you know, and the thing is, you'll be on stage. Some shows you play are are tough and crappy. Might be you know whatever problems going on and stuff. But you know what? When you're on stage and that, you might even be one song. You just say it's a four minute song. You're on stage playing that one song and. Everything, the planets align, everything comes together, and it's like perfect. And you're going, 
that's why I'm here. And all the crap you deal with makes, you know, that four minutes makes all the crap you deal with worthwhile. And just have that fire in your heart. You know, you just got to keep striving. It's not easy. Nothing in life is easy. I don't care if you, you become a doctor. That's not easy. You know, lawyer or even uh, whatever. You're driving truck or whatever. That stuff's not easy. But you have to have it in you. And you just got to keep believing. And it, it, life isn't easy. So just make the best of it. And enjoy those moments when it is good. You know, not when, you know, and all the other stuff that goes along, you know, the breakdowns on a road and you're touring around and, and, you know, the problems you have and that's all part of it. Those are part of the good stories, you know, when you're in a band, you know, staying in a crappy hotel, you know, where, you know, the heat don't work or the, you know, you're, you're the last one taking a shower and you're uh, taking a shower knee deep in water, you know, it's like, I get to shower first. <laughs> and if you're if you're the fourth guy, you're waiting and swill up to your knees and this nastiness, you know, you know. But those are good road stories, and that's the fun part about it. It's crappy when it happens, but uh, you know, look back, I have a lot of great stories that way. But just just stay uh, vigilant, keep it loosey goosey, don't take it too seriously, but be a professional. I think that's some really fantastic advice, and about what you said that nothing's easy. I mean, you, you got to work at this. It's not just people think, oh, I started a band. Now I'm going to make it big. I'm going to get signed and whatever. But mm -hmm. you got to work at it. You have to keep getting better. There's no handouts. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of funny. I, got, uh, I, I, I talked to a fan one time and I said, well, I had to go mow the yard or something. He said, well, you, have, you mow the yard. They, they don't think that I don't mow the yard or something. Yeah, I take the, I don't know, cats out of the bag. You know, I take the garbage out. I mow the yard. You know, I've changed diapers. I've you know, done it all. But it's like, you know, they, they, you know, we're human beings like anybody else. You know, we wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning every day, you know, pretty much like hate myself. You know, it's like, you know, just because I go, because the industry, <laughs> this music industry is such a rigmarole of, of stuff and the pressure is great, and you always got stuff going on. But by the time I take my shower, I'm ready to take it on. You know, I was like, you know, what I feel good, I'm glad I'm doing this. Let's go at it, you know. Uh, and that's why I wrote the Alpha Dogs about that, you know, like, you know, wash it all away in the morning and stuff like that because you, know, you get up. I mean, I'm, I bet you do. You get up morning. Oh, my God, what did, I, what did I get myself into today? I got to go do this because I said I would, even though I don't want to. I personally, will t I take a shower and it's like, you know what? I'm okay with it. You know, I'm going to follow through. Just be a, that's the other thing. Just be a man in your word. If you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. Don't be exactly. a talker. Don't be a talker and go, oh, yeah, I can do this and that. And then don't show up. I mean, there's everybody's talkers. There's only like 10, probably maybe 10% of people that are follow through what they talk about doing, you know? Just be that 10%. Exactly. And that's what I definitely... What I try to do is if I tell someone, hey, I'm going to interview or I'm going to do whatever, I follow through on it because that's what, hey, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to make it happen. If I said I'm, if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you, yeah, and you're fantastic. I mean, yeah. great, great, this is a great interview. Yeah, and also, spoiler for everyone listening, Lonnie Hammer does basic chores, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take out your garbage for a little fee. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I won't do, I don't change the cat box. I delegated my daughter. She changes the cat box. It's her cat, too. <laughs> well, 
So anything out of out of uh, cleaning the cat box, Lonnie Hammer, he does. <laughs> I, I just cut my grass earlier, like 20 minutes before I did this interview. <laughs> the grass has to get cut no matter what. No matter who you are, if you're a rock star <laughs> or a uh, radio show host, you have to cut the grass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to have to put that on a T-shirt now. It might be a little bit too long, though. <laughs> I, I cut, cut. I cut the grass, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, was like, I always ask my guests this question. I'm always curious. Uh, outside of your band, Hammer Down Hard, what are you listening to right now? Um, I, I love a lot of European stuff, but... Um, you know, like Arch Enemy. I also like, um, uh, you know, I like Disturbed a lot. And ironically, I get compared to, as a vocalist, I get compared to anybody that's out there. And this is like, uh, I can't believe this, but everybody goes, man, you sound like Dave Draymond from Disturbed. And I'm like, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Because he's like one of the, he's like the top guy out there. But we have a, a lot of vocal similarities. Um, and, uh, I respect his attitude on so many different things as, uh, in the industry, he's just real calm and he's just, you know, uh, uh, soothing when you, when you, when you, uh, when you talk to him and stuff. But I tell you what, uh, I, I like Disturbed. I like a lot of, um, not just because of my guy, but I respect a lot of the women metal bands. Um, I like a lot of them, you know, in this moment, I like that kind of stuff, you know, the pretty reckless. I like that. Um, uh, Arch enemy. Uh, I just like a lot of women bands and it's not be a sexual thing at all. You know I mean? I like women, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's more, I, I find it, I say barbaric, but it's like you, these are, these women are soft and gentle and they're doing something that is so, you know, you got to give them credit as an artist to, you know, go from that to that and just kick your ass, you know? And that's what I like about a lot of the new music. And, and that's the other thing too is rock, rock and roll and metal is stronger than ever. I think, you know, the, the pop stuff to me that's out there is so it's it's just a bunch of watered down crap, and it's not about the music. It's just about the the drum machine beats and stuff like that. That's not artistry, you know. Um, it's all usually about the image thing, you know. Every band, even metal bands, got image thing. But it seems to me, it's in my opinion, is that the pop music is so. It's all about the image or the the. That it's not about the music, and I mean, there's so many untalented pop artists out there that um, are doing it because hard rock has, and then metal has a harder time because these are actual artists, and now you get these little pop artists can do stuff on a little computer and they can do all that and stuff, but they're not true artists because the true artists can't afford. They've tried to make a living doing it, and they're not living in shanties and stuff like that. I live in a five thousand square foot house, but there, you know, I it takes money to make things happen, and I I can't afford to not make money doing this or get the great producers to produce it. 
you know, I can't produce that kind of stuff. I mean, people ask me, like, hey, you got a recording studio. No, I don't have a recording studio because I leave that stuff to the pros because that's what they do. Um, like uh, DJs and all that stuff, they do that stuff because that's what their, their innate behavior, You, that's what you do best. You know, that's the stuff you do. Um, and I think the music scene now, I think it's going to be coming, uh, I think it's going to make the full circle after this. But metal is actually like the, the fastest growing music in the world, not the United States, because everything in the United States is, is got to be politically correct. And, you know, everybody's got to be, you know, but then everybody, when you see a metal band, they're like, oh, how many times you see a metal band on TV? And as soon as they come on uh, and start playing there, they show people in a crowd going, like they, like they just saw... You know, a car wreck. You know, for God's sakes, metal is real. Is the probably the only is the realest music out there. The hard rock, heavy metal is the realest music out there. This pop stuff, they're talking about chicks and women and all that stuff. Screw that. You know, I mean, I I never written about all that kind of stuff. You know, my if when you go through my records on you know Manchester New Weld or Total Annihilation, it's about me against the world. And I'm the same way as you and everybody else. Like I say, you get in the morning. It's like whether it's your job, you got somebody, you have a problem with your one person, your job. You got everything lined up. You do a great job at what you do, but you have one person that just don't like you because uh, you didn't say hi to them in the hallway or something like that. But take the fucker down. You know, I mean, that's my whole life is like, you know, get, get them, go get them, boy. You know. Or girl, you know, just go get them. Uh, never, never take no for an answer. Just that's all my music is. Just, that's where the aggression comes from, and that's what it is. That's what metal is. It's real life stuff. I'm not talking about the fluffed up crap and you know smoking a blunt or something like that. I mean, not all about that. Is you know, I I talk about real life stuff. Yeah, and I definitely picked that up and listening to your music about the um, you know getting mad, going after people. I definitely picked that up. Uh, in your music, and I can see where you come from with the pop music. I think a lot of the stuff sounds very cookie cutter. It sounds just all all the same. Like one that sound that song sounds like that song. It just like if you turn on like any pop station, it just sounds all just the same. They're far, they're farming out a lot of young people, which I have no problem with. There's a lot of young people are talented. Granted, I mean there's pop artists that are really talented artists and stuff like that, but there's a lot of them that that just don't have the they're just created like you said they're cookie cutter and they put it out there to make money um but if you got you got to dig deep like you said you got to dig deep to get the real artists out there the real artists and stuff that are really just are out on the road living in hotel rooms and and playing clubs and just in the the, the ditches of the music industry those are the real artists that's the living it i've done that my whole life and that's 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 where the passion comes from. That's where you know my lyrics come from. I'm really, I mean, all stuff is. It's like you go to venues, you get get screwed over so many times, or they try to screw you over. They try to screw you over, but they, you just gotta grab hold and just say, you know, I'm not taking it. You know, just just, just punch them in the face. All that stuff is. I don't like writing about chicks and love and stuff. I mean, I may in the future, but. Um, that's not me. It's like, you know, metals, 
metal's real life. It's not pretty. <laughs> you know, life is yeah. not pretty. You know. Yeah, metal is definitely uh, punching people in the face. I can <laughs> tell you that. But so yeah, this week I actually. So I started off this week, uh, I started listening to Kid Rock again. I haven't listened to Kid Rock in probably a few months. And then I busted out Devil Without a Cause. And, you know, I know a lot of the stuff he kind of, he, he took and changed a little bit, like, you know, the guitars he took from some songs and all that. So, so, but he's still, I mean, it's still some pretty catchy music. I will, I will give him that. And it's real. You know, I mean, I think that he writes real. Yeah, and I, I saw an interview with him with Dan Rather, and he was talking about, and this is honest to God truth, and that's why I'm so proud of the song "Dark Side of Heaven," and other songs. But I just this this song is specifically is because he said that um, um, when he wrote that that, uh, that album, he said he went through a lot of hard times in his life, and he goes, he wrote some of the greatest songs he ever had. But he goes, you know what? He goes, he don't want to go. The experience he, he had to go through to get to write those songs, he don't want to do that anymore. And that, what I'm saying is, like, for Dark Side of Heaven, I don't want to go through the death that I went through my, my father and best friend. That was such a hard thing, but it does make these incredible – I don't even know where, like, the, the lyrics and stuff like like. When I wrote it, I was like, I can't believe I wrote that. It's like very poetic. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, how did I do that? You know, you know, illusion mimics the other side, you know, all that kind of things. Like, wow, I, I, I can't believe I wrote that. It's just such, it comes and it comes from here. It's a life experience. It's not going, well, I'm going to sit here. I want to write about. I'm going to write about Matthew. What he, he just got back from Moni Yard and, you know, the grass is really getting tall. It, it, that's synthetic. That's bullshit. That's synthetic. I can't write about something that you, or people do all the time, but it's not healthy and it's not real if, you're, if I'm fabricating stuff, you know. So, yeah, that's where Kid Rock, I mean, you have to give him total respect for all that. And, uh, you know, he has some really good songs. Uh, some stuff's not in my vein, but uh, uh, some stuff is like really like spot on. I can see why he's a superstar. Yeah, and I've heard you know he's a very humble guy. I heard people like talking about him. He's like he he watches he washes his RV at the gas station. He fills up the tank. Like he does all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And also this week I've been listening to as you know kind of what you talked about. I was listening to Ginger this week. I don't know if you're nice. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that. That has been around for a long time too. I, I, yeah. I listen. I was in a big ginger uh, thing for a long time, like a, a a year ago, and I haven't honestly. I haven't really listened to much lately, you know, other than probably my own stuff. And I'm just kind of worried about my own career in one way. I just be honest with you. It's like you know, I've been going well. Being Kim Satiri, go well. Kim's my manager, Kim Allegreza, yeah. and. Uh, Hey, what do we got to work to do now? And just it's man, there's so people. There's I it makes me so mad that you know I love the '80s stuff, you know, and, and that. And but a lot of people are just stuck in the '80s or the '90s or 2000s. Man, that was good music, which it is. But you know, you have to branch out when the hard rock and the metal stuff. There's so many great bands out there, so great. You yes. know, um, 
you got is give them a ear and, and drop that 99 cents a song. Because, you know, I mean, you get 100,000 people driving 99 cents in a song, that helps them out, you know, especially this time. I mean, everybody's giving, you know, the which they deserve, you know, like uh, restaurants and waitresses helping out. And some restaurants you go to, they add on a, a surcharge, extra money to kind of compensate for the COVID stuff like that. What about me? You know, what about the, the music thing? You know, it, I'm cut completely out of, I can't play. I mean, t-shirt sales, I mean, that's where you play live. That's where you sell a lot of your merch and stuff. You know, all these bands, not just not just about me. I'm just using me as an, uh, an example. I'm a musician and an artist. There's a lot of me's out there. A lot of a lot of those me's out there need the support. You buy a T-shirt that helps at least keep the functioning of. The, we spend a ton of money just to keep the the the, the band the business going, you know. And any little bit helps. Buy a pick, you know, whatever they throw another thing. Anything helps to generate interest. Spread the word. But metal is like going to be next year it's going to be incredible yeah and yes i i can't wait for next year i've heard a lot of good stuff coming out from next year but also as you said i'm going to say it again uh any bands that people like please support them they need it especially right now this you know they haven't played some show some bands i know haven't even played a, a show this year but they have not played any shows this year yeah, we, we lost a lot of money not doing these uh, festivals because you go, you know, that's, the summer's over. The yep. festival season's over. And they're talking, September, yeah. You know, it's like, you know what? We're human beings, you know. We're, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're just human beings like anybody else. And and now they're making it even more difficult, you know, the restaurants and the 25%. And, and some people are squealing on venues that are trying to have live yes. music. And there's people squealing on them and calling the cops saying that they're not social distancing or not wearing a mask and stuff like that. Well, that's even makes it harder for the bands to even do anything. 25% capacity. You know, what is that? I mean, I, it don't even need, it's not even worth playing a show because you can't even afford gas out to the venue. I mean, I, I own my own tour bus. I mean, filling that thing up, it's like 600 bucks just to fill it up. Yeah. You know, where's that money come from? It comes from people like you and uh, that are out there. That's where that money comes from, the sales. So we're all gluttons for punishment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Hey, Lonnie, thank you so much for talking with me. This is, um, I honestly, I really enjoyed, you know, talking to you about everything, you know, music and everything going on. But I got one more thing, one more thing before we go. I know. It's been hard this year. It's been very hard, especially as we've just talked about. But um, what's kind of your future plans for the end of 2020 and into 2021? Well, I'm hoping to uh, uh, get some more of these videos. We're doing a video for Cephalopod. And after that, I'm going to do a video for uh, World's Gone Black. Now, uh, coming up here is now when a lot of booking starts happening for the festivals for next year. So we have to start gearing up for that. So we're going to start jumping on, on a lot of that stuff. Uh, a lot of the festivals that we we're supposed to play got postponed and moved to, you know, next year. Um, but that's that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, we're just like scratching and clawing everybody. I mean, I don't know what's going on. So we're just kind of, you know, like the big catfish going down the channels. You go well, this way, go this way. Okay, all right, here we go. You know, so you got to kind of sit there and see what the opportunities, you know, that, that are there for us. Um, but you know what? We'll just be just fine, you know, because – like I said, I'm a glutton for punishment. 
I know the business. I've been a long time and I'm for real. I just a, a songwriter by heart and I love the music no matter what. I just want to play. And it's a thank God for people like you and your show that actually keep the, the, the music alive without you really and stuff like this. It's over. I mean, terrestrial radio is not really, they're playing a lot of classic stuff for the, the pop stuff, you know, I mean, no offense. I mean, I love Led Zeppelin and all that stuff, but I mean, you know, what about the younger bands and all these other bands? They're there. They got to support, they got children to support, you know, and they're just crashing and clawing, trying to, you know, make a living, you know, so, but thank God for you. Thank you so much. It's a fantastic interview. I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, thank you so much, as did I. One of my favorite interviews, I got to say. I'm going to say that on air right now, but thank you so much. Lonnie Hammer from our featured fan of the week, Hammer Down Hard. Thank you so much, brother, for hanging out with me. Awesome. Thank you, Matthew. And I am Matthew Thomas from Super Cool Radio, and I will see you in the next video.